0: Troy Richards and I'm Daniel Mawson. Welcome to the Understanding Jesus podcast. I'm the senior pastor at First Baptist Church in Jackson, Missouri and Daniel's our worship pastor. Our church is reading through the Bible in a year and on this podcast we examine
1: highlights from this week's reading. We talk about the passages devotionally and try to answer questions people have shared with us. Our hope is that you'll discover how amazing God's Word is
0: and how enjoyable it is to read for yourself which is the key to understanding Jesus.
1: All right, we are here at the Understanding Jesus podcast.
2: My name is Daniel.
1: I'm here with Pastor Troy. Yeah, That's what the introduction said. That is what the introduction says. And we have a special guest star today. We
0: do indeed. A very, very special guest star. Guest star.
1: Guest star. Wow, it (laughs) disturbs me to see you, guest star. Guest star, Alex Austin. Alex Austin in the house. Is this your first time?
2: It is. Yes. Yes. Like on any podcast. On
1: any podcast ever. Really? How am I doing? How'd you already <laughs> so ascend to so the good. top so quickly? So far so good.
2: Yeah. Well. Yeah. I get a lot of calls. But. <laughs>
0: yeah. And and thanks for wearing all like the uh, promotional material like uh, endorsement type. Yeah, it's got the Understanding Jesus except, T-shirt. Except it's a podcast, and you can't. Uh, nobody can see it. Now yeah. available in the merch store. Yeah. Fancy mask too. Appreciate that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No Appreciate all of it. I'm ready. That's right, that's right. <laughs> okay, well, here, let's tell you about what's, uh, Alex is here, so we wanted to have some really good scripture to read. <laughs> we picked out some really good portions of the just Bible, the best just part for of the Alex. Bible. Actually, uh, Alex, if you're not familiar, we just simply go back over the readings we had the previous week, uh, in our reading plan. I'm sure you know this, being a member of First Baptist Jackson. Everyone knows. Everyone knows it by now, surely. Uh, we've already reached a halfway point, we're past that, so, um... Now that we're now we're in the second half of our season.
2: <laughs> woo! Woo! We're halfway done. Uh, so we're halfway done. Here. We're
0: halfway there. Over the, seems like
2: there's so much more. Left. It does.
0: There is, <laughs> you know, there's about half of it left. <laughs> um, the um, not quite half,
1: just
0: but, just but almost, just under, it. almost half. But in this week's reading. Uh, we talk about Solomon dedicates the temple. Uh, the Queen of Sheba comes into town. Woo woo. It's pretty exciting. Uh, King Jehoshaphat, jumping Jehoshaphat.
1: Jehoshaphat.
0: Uh, we get to talk about him, and uh, and then um, New Testament Paul and Barnabas, uh, and then Paul and Barnabas split up. Then it's Paul and Silas and uh and so yeah some cool stuff lots of lots of uh neat stuff it's really kind of uh we've kind of reached that point where we've already been through a lot of these stories in first and second kings so we're in first and second chronicles and it's a little bit different spin on it but it, which, which makes it interesting there are details that you get that you don't get in first and second kings and also you kind of get some opinions that they don't do either like the king a little bit better or they don't like him any as much
1: um, it's a little bit more of, of an op-ed.
0: It is. It is kind of a thing like that. But uh, but anyway, it does. I like the different perspective. It is kind of nice to go back through the kings and go, oh yeah. But here's something about him you probably didn't know. And and, and also you, a guy you thought was totally awful in First and Second Kings, and he comes back and goes, ah, eh, he actually did some pretty good things. Hmm. And so we'll share some of those with you. And you think Can't about wait. it, these guys, I mean, it's like they did live, you know, you reign for 28 years, you get a chapter, or, or basically you get a verse that says, and he, and he did nothing good. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, wow, 28 years, Harsh. nothing. <laughs> and it's like, and then this, then you get another perspective. It's like, well, he did in year 12 <laughs> to year 13. <laughs> he had a moment of... He had a moment where he did some pretty positive stuff. So uh, it was kind of overshadowed by the other things. But uh, anyway, it just kind of. We could get into a philosophical discussion about the brevity of life and the meaninglessness of our existence uh, <laughs> apart from God, of course. But uh, anyway, we won't. We're just going to focus on this on the scripture that's focus coming up. Focus on the scripture. Save uh, for Jeremiah. When, yeah. When we get back, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to ask Alex what stuck out, what stood out to you. So I hope you've I hope you've got some really meaningful passages.
1: Ask Alex. That's a great name we, for a podcast. Uh, there
0: you go. And uh, and Daniel and I, as far as on the podcast is concerned, we're gonna act interested. (laughs) (laughs) We will. We will do that for you. Uh, So anyway, so if you could just reciprocate that, that'd be awesome.
1: It's (laughs) an an honor we don't give to everyone.
0: Laugh at the appropriate time. So.
1: (laughs) Thank you. All right, we'll be right back. All right, we are back from the break. we're ready to start, so we're going to talk about some things that we read devotionally in this reading. Pastor yes. Troy, you want to start?
0: I am going to start today. See? It's kind of the ping-pong-pang. Ping-pong-pong. Uh, and, um, this, I'm actually cheating. I'm going to take two what? parts out of Second Chronicles. That's not fair. Uh, well, it's kind of my podcast. <laughs> uh, the, um, uh, it's in Second Chronicles 16, and I'm also going to look at Second Chronicles 19, and you'll kind of get the connection after I share it. But in Second Chronicles 16, 7 through 9, it says, And at that time Hanani, the seer, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped your hand. Were the Ethiopians and the Lubim not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. and this you have done foolishly. Therefore, from now on, you shall have wars. And then Second Chronicles 19, 2 and 3, And Yehu, the son of Hanani... The seer went out to meet uh, King Jehoshaphat and said uh, to King Jehoshaphat, should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Therefore, the wrath of the Lord is upon you. Nevertheless, good things are found in you and that you have re- uh, removed the wooden images from the land and have repaired your heart to seek God. So to uh, basically... Uh, descendants of one another obviously and uh and you have asa and jehoshaphat both good kings both with critical errors and then you have the seer kind of guy and then his son uh stepping in the first one really is uh, i think the first point that's made such a powerful point that god is going to and fro looking for someone to help to encourage to speak to Mm. and uh, and and so he he literally is just waiting for people to call out to him and ask for help or guidance and and so the king doesn't and he's like every time you did in the past was I not there did you not win why would you go this other route and it is it's very convicting to me I remember reading this and thinking how often God has helped me and see me through things and then it'll be like yeah but this time I'm going to turn to this for help or I'm going to look to for this uh, this." and I'm not saying you don't take medication and and those kind of things but it's the mindset it's the mindset of I know God has helped me and I know God can do anything but now just to be sure I'm going to do I'm going to call this guy to help me out or I'm going to we're going to turn to this source Uh, and it would be like A church, you know, we prayed and God blessed us and we prayed and God blessed us. And it's like, wait a second, this time let's not pray and let's ask this other people if they can help us out and maybe, and maybe be able to accomplish this without praying to God. And, and we do that. We do that not only as a church, we do that in our individual lives, we do that in our homes. And so I absolutely totally understand what he's doing, but the reprimand is is true. It's like, God wants to help you out and i think the the enemy is constantly trying to get us to believe that yeah he helped you last time but he's not going to do it again mm-hmm. or he's not going to give you that you right. know as if as if there was something good that god was going to withhold from us that's the other thing the enemy lies to us about is he's saying he makes us think oh there's something really good god's not going to give it to you kind of like when you ask your parents for candy and they say no but then you ask your grandparents, and they're yeah. like, "Absolutely." Uh, and you're thinking, "So don't ask parents because they're always going
1: to say no to things I really like." So I'm going to ask these people. Try uh, to circumvent the process yes, to for circumvent. just for the result. Yeah. Well, they, it's like the it's like in the garden, right? Like when Adam and Eve were like, "Oh, that looks like good that looks like good fruit," and Satan's like, right. "Yeah," and God only said no because yeah. He doesn't want you to be yeah, happy. He's
0: withholding something good from you. Yeah.
1: And, and you,
0: and it's a complete slam on the character of God and God. And that's what he's saying. That's what the seer is saying. He's saying, did God not do this in the past? Has he ever given you bad things? Has has it ever worked out? You're like, well, my life could have been so much better if I hadn't followed Jesus. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I mean, if you have those examples, then please share. And the crazy part is I can't think of an example. I would think I could. I would really think that because that's the logic that follows my mind that there would be people I would I could go yeah but there was this one person he was obedient and it really turned out bad for him <laughs> but I I don't have an example like that I have people whose lives were hard but they actually appreciated the difficulty and 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 grew closer to God and their lives were enriched as a result of it so and and even with that knowledge I still struggle mm-hmm. and the second one though is I think even a bigger one, and or well, it's different, but it's more applicable, I think, today, uh, in that he allied with someone who was not following after God. Now that's this is where it gets really specific. I mean, Paul says we're not to be unequally yoked. Uh, and uh, and we get this uh, get this idea of being unequally yoked, meaning that we shouldn't marry an unbeliever. Absolutely, that is a great interpretation of that. But it actually is in any relationship. And if you think of it like this, if you are a person who is trusting in Christ and looking to Christ and so forth for answers and direction, and you are partnered together with for in any endeavor, whether it be business or whether it just be going on a trip or just trying to make decisions together with someone who does not seek the spirit of God, in fact, is living a life antagonistically toward God, so God's going to punish, or God is trying to rebuke them or reprimand them or punish them, and then you're either going to have to go down that road of punishment with them, or uh, you're not going to get the answer you want from God because it, the answer you're going to get is not going to be the same answer they're going to get, mm-hmm. uh, and because you're, you're wanting two different things. I mean, literally, when you are dating someone who is not a believer, the thing you are praying for is the thing they are hoping won't happen, mm-hmm. and and that is, I mean, so you're you're competing with each other. I mean, if some, I've had people come to me and say, well, I felt led by God to marry this non-believer, that God was going to use me to convert them or whatever if you have that epiphany from the Lord, I am not gonna say that God did not say that to you, whatever, the proof will be in the pudding, whatever results, I have seen it happen many times, so I'm not gonna say I've never even seen it happen, I have seen that happen many times. But just as a mode of living, we are not to connect ourselves with people who are antagonistic toward God. And and the, the, the main reason is, and just think of it like this, think of that we say, well, this person, I know they don't love God. And I know they don't love Jesus. And I know they're not faithful and everything, but uh, they have some good qualities about them. And I think that they could help me out because what they have money or they have power or they have some type of influence or whatever that you think will help you. And I just want, I, I think, not to jump in, Ye-Hoo's, uh <laughs> let's say I'm smarter than he is or a better seer, uh, but I'm saying just think for a second, just take a moment. Everybody should just take a moment and think about that. Think about what he's saying. He's saying, wait a second, do you not have God to access? I mean, can you not just go to him and say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And if God wants you to do it, do you not believe he'll provide it? Do you need this pagan friend to to accomplish what God wants you to do? If it happens the other way around, if you're in your time with the Lord, he says, I'm going to use this person who is not a follower of me as an instrument to help you. That's different. That's you following God and him directing you specifically, saying, this is how I'm going to take care of you. Therefore, he gets the glory, and he can do that. But when you don't consult God, but go to the person and say, hey, what do you think? What do you think we should do here? Just understand, they're not getting a word from the Lord. And, And clearly, Jehoshaphat, uh, here is is dealing with ahab obviously who's way off the reservation and so and and he's like do you not he has all these guys come in to share you know what they think is going to happen and so forth and uh and they have uh and and at the end of the day it's like uh do you not have somebody who is a, a prophet of god and ahab's like yeah i got this guy but he never says anything good for me <laughs> it's like does that have to tip you off? Uh, it's like that. Do you not see that? Uh, but we, do, but again, it's one of those things that we do yeah. that consistently. We connect with people who are ungodly, and we're like, yeah, but our kids are married, or which their kids were married, and and we have this connection, or we have a business relationship, or whatever, and we rationalize these things. God says. You're not supposed to. I mean, and that's, I don't know how much more clear he can be about that. But I I think that's one of the things, sometimes we read these passages and it's like, wow, we have really found ways to justify this in our lives, Mm -hmm. uh, to have these relationships that are with ungodly people. Uh, But, um, and, and I think this is my admonition to anyone who would be listening, is if you have a friend and they're not a follower of Jesus Christ, just understand That person is condemned by God, and it's not that you shouldn't be reaching out to them, but you have one goal, and that is to communicate clearly the gospel of Jesus Christ. And anything you do, any decision-making that you do has to be between you and God and following him closely because you're literally going into the enemy's camp, and you have a strategy to convert them. If you do not have a strategy to convert them, and you're just hanging with them, then you're just hanging in the enemy's camp, and you are gonna get burned. Mm. Uh, and there's many biblical examples for that.
1: So. Yeah, that's good. I think for me, like we have these pictures of these guys, like you said. I don't know if we were recording it or not, but we were talking about how um, they have decades of things that they did, mm-hmm. and we get a, a you know a chapter maybe of yep. what they of what they've done, and and I think it's easy to see like, oh obviously this is where they misstepped. So yeah. we shouldn't do that. But I think in real life it's like it happens so slowly. Yeah. It's such a slow fade and when we wanna like it makes sense. It makes sense Every it, it, little they make bitty decisions step that make sense. sense. we
0: should have this we should have this alliance with Israel so yeah. people we have we're right. at peace. And know, even and,
1: and before you even sign that out of the line, relationships happen, conversations yeah. happen and each little moment doesn't seem like that big a deal. Yeah. And then before you know it, you're in trouble, and wonder why didn't somebody tell me that I was doing all these things, and yeah. re- realize you were just being unwise the whole every step. Yeah. But the enemy's just so smart that he doesn't just present us with this massive decision to make in one second, in one yeah. serving. It's like, hey, just make this little decision. Make this little decision, and you can always step back, and you can always step yeah. back if you want. And before you know it, you can't.
2: Yeah,
1: absolutely. So that's how we get, that's me anyway. That's hmm. good. All right. Well, thanks, Daniel. I, I appreciate it.
2: I think, too, like whenever whenever he doesn't want to go to the one prophet, it's like super symbolic of we all have people in our lives that speak to us, and they, we know it's truth, and it oftentimes is not fun to and hear. And we silence that voice. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like yeah. even though he knew hey, it's not always good for me whenever he delivers, I have those people in my life, but I know that's yeah. what I need to hear.
0: I have things that pop in my head when I read those passages, and I – can see it's almost like the Holy Spirit's going oh yeah this is like this thing going, on in life. <laughs> and it's like and I'm and, and I'm already responding going I'm not going to listen to that I'm not going <laughs> right, to right, that. Right. I'm not gonna listen to that I've already made a decision I'm going to do this I'm going to buy that car I'm going to buy it it doesn't matter and uh, and oh man, I have so many examples of that. So many bad examples of that, <laughs> where it's like I, I just I, no 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 no. Put my hands over my ears and you know it's like I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm not gonna listen. I'm not gonna pay attention. I'm just gonna and then and then you suffer for that. But. Yep. Oh well. What are you gonna yeah. do? Yeah.
1: All right. Ping pang pong ping. Ping Daniel. To ping. All right. Um, well, I was in Second Chronicles 2. Um, not not mm-hmm. chapter two. Also, I was also S- also in, in, Second in Second Chronicles. Chronicles. Um, just talking about. Uh, one of the moments in Rehoboam that he was in chapter 10, it says that he consulted with the elders who had served with his father. First of all, he was trying to make some major decision. You can go back and read the story. But um, then in verse 8, a couple of verses later, it says, but he forsook the counsel of the elders, which they had given him, and consulted with the young men who grew up with him and wow. served him. So um, I thought it was interesting um, just regarding the people Rehoboam chose to listen to. Um and it should, hopefully, I think, just based on the results, again, you can go back and read it, but um, it should cause us to question our own peers and how those people who see things the same thing, same way we do. Right. Because we, we generally like to f- surround ourselves with people who agree with us just naturally. Right. Um, but, um, and people who grow up seeing things the same way and, and um, just try to analyze things biblically before you talk to people, kind of like you were talking about. Right. Um, but even with people who we think are godly, even with people we think have good advice, just say, you know, this is what God's word says. This is what the Holy Spirit's telling me. Now, what do you guys think? Mm. And, um, I don't know. I, I, I think that's good for, cause Rehoboam was kind of the younger guy in this right. situation. And he was just acting on, he had a he had a good instinct to talk to the elders, the older man who had served his father, because that was a great situation, really wise to talk to them. Right, but instead he listened to his friends. Uh, probably
0: because they didn't say what he wanted to hear. <laughs>
1: yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah. And he went off and looked for something else yeah. and uh, sided with them. So, good knee jerk reaction. It was wise, but he just made he made the wrong choice, and that started him down a path of
0: yeah.
1: of destruction. So, um, I don't know. I think that's that's true of every age group, not just like mm. especially the younger people. Yeah, because obviously we need to like cling to the wisdom of people older than us. Uh,
0: well, it, it, you – I mean, and the moral of the story is, just to cut to the chase, if you, it's between Alex and me, you should listen to me I over should, Alex. Of course. <laughs> I mean, be,
1: oh, all, every but, time.
0: But, I, but it, it just – Because
2: just, so I you, probably already talked to Troy. <laughs> but here,
0: here is a incredible example. Uh, when we talk about – like if you're asking advice about parenting, uh, you're going to be asking – if you ask Alex – you are both in a same scenario of life, uh, and and so his counsel would be like, this is what we do, mm-hmm. and and or you could share back, and you know, well, this is what we do, you know. Yeah. But my counsel is going to be, this is what we did. And look at my kids. That's right. Well, and 15 years later, here's what happened as a result Mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. You don't have that perspective. And uh, it's really hard to respect that. And that's what the elders were doing. They're saying, we've been watching this a long time. (laughs) And so we know people and we know how this goes. They're looking at what is right and and probably what they really perceive in the moment. And Mm -hmm. so that's... That was the counsel the best counsel his peers could give. Yeah. But uh, it obviously was very. I mean, I mean, they know these other people, and you know, and, and you have. Oh, man, what's his name? I forgot his name. Joe? Is it Joab? No, not Joab. Uh, the guy who got kicked out and came back. The Jeroboam. Starts with a J, Jeroboam. Yeah. Jeroboam. Thank sure you. Yeah. Jeroboam. Uh, not Rehoboam, but Jeroboam. Uh, and uh, Jeroboam had come back, and this is a setup. You know, it's a setup, and. The crazy part of that passage is it says the Lord did that. Did it. Yeah. Yeah, I had
1: that written down somewhere else.
0: Yeah. That was deliberate action. The the, the Lord gave him a heart to listen to his friends because it was by design that he was going to fail.
1: Which I had that kind of written down as another point, but since we're there, like just to point out that 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 makes it. Good, that makes it easier and harder at the same time to trust mm-hmm. God's sovereignty in our lives, right? Because, Or his goodness, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, because when God is just going to orchestrate things like that, it's like, okay, yeah, God, I know you can do that. I know you do that. Um, but I don't like that all right. the time. And and sometimes, when, because it, it almost like rebukes, what is it, chapter 10, 15, and 11.4, God says, um, don't try to stop this because god's doing this right and so it's like i man (laughs) yeah um well you have it and and
0: it's because and it is not that god is just simply saying i'm taking away everybody's free will in this particular moment it's that he's the warning is if you have a pattern of life Mm -hmm. that rejects him and doesn't pay attention to him and so forth we i had a kid that came to me one time and said I was sharing the gospel with him, and he said, "Yeah." He said, "But here's the deal. I am just gonna do what I want to do and live how I want to live right now." And he says, "And if I'm supposed to be saved, I know God will come back later, you know, and I'll make that decision later on, back then. And if I'm not supposed to be saved, well, it just was never meant to be." And that is that's such a warped understanding of how God relates to us, because it's like if because what God is saying is, if you harden your heart against me right now. You'll never think of this. This, mm-hmm. this moment may not come back. Yeah. And you'll want it to come back. And you'll think, I'll make the right decision. But your thinking that you have right now is not how you're going to think. This is your then. window, buddy. Yeah, you, you're not going to even think this way. And you're not even going to know it. And and that's, that's the hardest part about knowing about damnation is that people who go to hell want to go to hell. And you say right now, oh, who would want to go to hell? Well, nobody thinks they will, but they'll demand it. They they will say, I would rather go to hell than serve under Jesus Christ. And and you think, nobody can think like that. Well, I mean, obviously, look around. Jim. Billions do. <laughs> think of how people think now. And that's just how the mind so. So if you have a moment, a window of opportunity where you have some clarity, you need to seize upon it because that's your moment. So take it. It's good.
2: Ping-pong. Yeah, Well, Bohm really screwed it up for everybody. <laughs> he did. Just
0: like, well, ultimately, it worked out for us.
2: Right. Yeah. Touche. <laughs> up until that point. Um, well, it's been far too intellectual to this point, so... <laughs>
0: Let's dumb it down a little bit Perfect. with Alex Austin. <laughs> I'm going to stay in <laughs> so Chronicles was as ask well. Ask Alex,
2: and now it's dumb down... Dumb
0: it down, down with double A. With Alex.
2: Yes. So, kind of across the whole Second Chronicles portion that we, we are reading... It's just interesting to see how, you know, obviously you get several kings in a row and it's kind of like a roller coaster effect of hmm. of who's doing it well and who's doing not and who's not doing it well. And it's just, it, I mean, you can probably see that in generations of people that we know where uh, like rebellious kids and, you know, things like that. But it's just, it was interesting to me as I read just to see, it was like one guy does it great and then his son screws it up. And it's kind of like how... How did they grow up in that house, if you will, and mm. then and then get so off course when it was their house to run, you mm. know? And yeah. I, yeah. It's just a, There it's is there
0: thought. there does seem to be a much stronger vibe of positivity in Second Chronicles than we have back in first and second Kings. At least you see the Kings. Are doing things. It, it highlights that he did this sure. and he was zealous for the Lord, and so forth. They talk more about taking down high places and things like that. And and even though they'll make these general, he didn't take on all, all the high places. They did make efforts in mm-hmm. that direction, and you could tell. And they and they give like different moments. it uh,
1: seems of like that, a failure in discipleship from father to son. Like the yeah. ones who were really good, like they may have ruled the country well, but their own house, like their son, their one son that they were supposed to be grooming for. To take yeah. the kingship, they, its not like they didn't know which son was going to be king, you know. So, I don't know. It seems like they—they they missed the boat entirely.
2: Well, and mm-hmm. then the ones conversely that were like good and their dads weren't—it was like maybe they just saw them running it in the ground, yeah. you know what I mean? And to the point where they saw the things that didn't work. But yeah, uh, a lot um, of those they mentioned their moms. I noticed. Yeah, that—that that was like like when, at one point in like genealogy, is it important to? And I'm jumping to a question, <laughs> but it's hard not to. Does it, you know, like is it important to mention the mom versus the dad? Because it's weird in all the reading at times when you hit one. When the like mom plays paramount. a part,
0: when the mom plays a, Shoa has some type of significance when they throw a woman in there. Yeah, yeah. But there are there are several places where they will show, uh, this woman comes from this and this guy comes from this. Uh, especially when they're doing. Uh, when the when that genealogy is super important as far as finding that connection to people and so forth. But uh, like when you look at the genealogy of Jesus and you have women who are put in there, they're women who you get a backstory back in the Old Testament, and they're not just women, obs- these obscure people, but they were actually people that God brought in. and uh, Especially if you have a situation where um, that woman's origin or connection to the tribes of Israel is in question or got broader in from some outside source. And so, uh, and that's, a, it's always a good question to ask. Why? Why are they mentioning this person? What, what is the connection? And sometimes you can find it and sometimes you can't, but, but there's, uh, there's not, uh, there's always a reason. So, um, Okay, I'll do, let me do, I'm, I'm going to take it back. I don't know if you're done or not, but we'll come sure. back. We'll swing back around to sure, you. Sure, thanks, appreciate you. that. <laughs> Stealing the mic here. <laughs> exactly. Give it back, my still, That's right, there you go. Um, I'm trying to narrow this down here. Um, okay, okay, let me think of this. I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to waste my time here. Oh, here it is. Um, Acts chapter 15, verse 28. He says, um, For it seemed... Good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that you abstain from things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Farewell. Uh, That is the message they sent (laughs) to the Gentile church. I think that it's interesting that we grow up all, uh, the three of us have all grown up as Gentiles, um and do you remember in sunday school them saying hey <laughs> uh, remember these things stay away from things that have been strangled <laughs> 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 don't eat blood you know those are those are bad things uh sexual immorality i think got thrown in there uh things <laughs> offered offered to idols uh, i don't think got highlighted as much but here's the, the question has always been is that uh, why why do they pick these things and the common Thread of thinking is well. First of all, to highlight, this is not them saying at this Jerusalem Council, this is what is necessary for Gentiles to be saved. They're simply saying these are these are the this is the first list or first prescription of this is what the church should practice or at least not practice. Uh, And the 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 common thread, the reasoning is, is that you're going to be interacting with Jewish people. It, and these are things that are extremely offensive to Jewish people. So we're hmm. not going to ask you. We're not going to ask you to be circumcised. We're not going to ask you to follow all the demands of the law or Levitical teaching. We're not going to ask you to observe the festivals. Obviously, you're not Jewish people. We're not asking you to celebrate Hanukkah. I hope that helps somebody out there who thinks Phew, that they have worried. to celebrate Hanukkah. Uh, we do not have Wait. to celebrate Passover. Uh, we're not asked to do that. Um, in fact, what's what's more amazing to me then the four things listed are the 50,000 things that aren't listed right. that we feel are super important. Because we we have a tendency to go back into the Old Testament and pull things out and say, well, if it was good enough for God's people, it's good enough for me. You know, The Jews did it, so we should do it too. And in real time in the Jerusalem Council, when they were all there fresh, having all known Jesus and and talked about it and thought about these things and prayed about it, this is what they said. Mm. These are the things that are important. I don't think
1: it behooves us then to go back
0: and say, okay, let's add more to it. <laughs>
1: let's let's make a bigger list. Because they didn't add, they just said, don't offend by your freedom.
0: It's exactly right. And they were trying to get the, the if you see the mode, the the um, the motives behind it was to get that list as small as possible. Mm. And for, so when we go back and add to the list. We're undermining the very essence of the grace that, that they were trying to show. And that's what Paul says over and over again. He, he, he Paul's like, you know, this is this is about grace through faith. He exempt, accentuates it over and over again. You know that Paul was somebody who lived with this list, but it was probably over and above what he felt it needed to be. Um, but um, I, and I'm not talking about the sexual morality part, but I am talking about the, the thing strength. I, I don't think he – I think he would say – and this is me, again, trying – it's a podcast, so we're just – we're, specula- we're, we're all speculating. We're all speculating. If he – I think he would say that um, you should follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit – And that the grace that you're saved by faith, Mm -hmm. and and so forth. And now, as a result of you following with Jesus and loving other people as Jesus loves them, and so forth, these are the things the Holy Spirit would teach you anyway.
1: Yeah, he went into further detail later about the food sacrificed to idols. Yeah, and why never readdressed.
0: And why and why we shouldn't do it exactly. So it's yeah exactly. And I think again, uh, these are things that were obvious pagan practices. In the world in which they lived. And so they're basically saying, you need to step out of paganism and live this. Uh, these discussions are still taking place today when we go into other cultures and so forth. A, a great question is, is that when a Muslim converts to Christianity, does that mean they never go back to the mosque? You know, is, is that part of that part of their life over? You know, can they not? Is it wrong for them to do that and so forth? And, and, and you'll have some Christians say, absolutely, you can't go back because it's of this reason and that reason. And then others will say, well, it's really more of a cultural thing. So they're just doing it to be part of the culture that they're in. Can they not go into a mosque and pray to Christ, you know, when they're praying? Uh, and um, and those are. So so we're still struggling yeah, with the same thing. This the same kind of conversation. It's a, the it's a conversation they were having then. and uh, Yeah.
2: Maybe they had just tried bacon, and they were like, don't put that on the list.
0: Don't put bacon <laughs> yeah. on the list.
2: <laughs> we <laughs> have fine. a little bit of freedom. <laughs> That's it.
0: Yeah, the Gentiles in the room were like, please don't take – please do not take our bacon. don't know what you speak of. Do not
2: take our bacon. <laughs> like I said, it was getting a little too intellectual. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. I'm gonna appreciate you being here. <laughs> That's so good. All right. Well, I also had Acts 15 um, in my in my notes. It's a little earlier than than your verses, but when they were on their way to the Jerusalem Council, and Paul and Barnabas were asked to come and kind of set some stuff straight, um, it kind of says in verse one through three that they made a like a pit stop along the way, and they started talking about. Um, you know, There was this huge debate going on. So they had a position that they were going. And if I know anything about our world and politically saturated climate today, it's that if there was a major debate going and you had to stop and talk to a whole bunch of people on the way, mm. generally what you're going to do in politics, in conventions, and wherever you go, you're going to be talking about your position and you're going to be rallying support. And they did not ever do that. Um, instead, they chose to encourage and um, just encouraged the local believers when they could have been causing a little division and support for their cause. They trusted the Holy Spirit, and they just did their job. They just encouraged the church, which I thought was so such a good model for us today. As we, you know, we get in these little divided sub-sub-sub-cultures of thought, and we think the most important thing is that the world agrees with us. Mm. But... It's not. What's important is that we do the job of an evangelist. We do the job of a Christian and and spread Christ to the world. And if we want to have those little subculture conversations, we can have those. We can have important conversations on that level. But we don't need to have an army behind us when we, when we present it. Because if we're right, if the Holy Spirit is with us in our position, whatever it may be, then we have all of the army we need. So are we going to trust that or are we going to build up support for our own? I don't know. That's where
2: I why I went with it ah. in that section. Cool. All right. Cool. Top that, Alex. Yeah, I was I was looking at the the proverbs that we hit at the Ooh, end of last. Goodness. Good. Nobody mentions the proverbs ever. Nobody ever, ever I feel does like proverbs. they're neglected. They are. Well,
0: they are. They're, they're, they're right. all. It's right. not right. sarcasm. That's why you yeah, had it me. Real. That's right.
2: Um, the end of t- chapter twenty, and I'm quickly making sure that that is included. Yes, it is. So <laughs> it's the last. Very good. Yes, 29 and 30 was the last day of reading, where it says, and I'm in the ESV, but it says, um, the glory of young men is their strength, but the splendor of old men is their gray hair.
1: Um, Troy's got a lot of splendor. Yeah. Think, <laughs> that's yeah. not <laughs> where I was going, but... I, I do.
2: I do take that as um, a bonus. What versions are you guys reading? I've got the NASB. I have CSB. What does it say in 30? Because I read it in two or three, di- and it was much differently worded, but... Um, which chapter? 30, uh, chapter 20, verse 30, sorry.
1: Mine says, Stripes that wound scour away evil, and strokes reach the innermost parts. Yeah. Mine, mine says,
0: Blows and wounds scrub away evil, and beatings purge the inmost
2: being. Yeah, and mine's blows that wound cleanse away evil, strokes make clean the innermost parts. Um, but those two together, I mean, the proverbs are just kind of weird sometimes to talk about, obviously, because they just... It's like jumping around, no yeah. least,
0: but well, that's part of the reason we did this reading plan was because you we've talked about that before. If you read through the entire Proverbs and you know, in one day or two days, then you really don't get the grasp because it really yeah. is just sometimes the one, s- one verse is mm-hmm. like that's enough for me to chew on for today,
2: yeah. Well, there was a version, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of unprepared here, I'm trying to find it, um, that made it make a lot more sense to me, um, at least whether well, it was. Right, but um, was it the Hawaiian pigeon Bible? Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's only the New Testament, dude. Come on. That's uh, right. <laughs> it's a when you were punished severely, you learn your lesson well. From it's for painful experiences, do wonders to change your life. Mm. And again, um, I I, th- I liked those two together because the glory of young men is their strength, but the splendor of old men is their gray hair, and it's almost speaking to wisdom. I assume in the way that. Um, then the next verse that follows is like all of the things that we go through, just lay out all of our growth going forward, right? And so Troy said something earlier in, in part of the Chronicles, and I can't remember which. I think it was the first time, the first section that he read. Um, but kind of as you go through these things, like it may not seem good, right? But it's it has a, a purpose behind it, and so. The blows that wound cleans away evil, and the strokes make clean the innermost parts. It just stuck out to me. I'm mm. not getting a tattoo or anything, but I liked it. Hey, you know. Yeah. It's cool. Cool, cool. All right. Let's okay. t- take a break. We'll come back with some questions.
1: Woo. He's got a gun! <laughs> <laughs> And we are back to the portion of the podcast we have dubbed Ask Alex.
0: We're very That's excited. Right. Alex yeah. Asks.
1: Alex Asks. There you go. <laughs> Same. It's kind of like dumbing down the Bible with Alex Austin. Dumbing down the
2: Bible. <laughs> New Bible pod- for That's dummies. our
1: sub-podcast that we're starting next week. Join us. All right. But this is our question
0: um, time. Yeah. And we have questions today. We Daniel had, had several podcasts where we've made up questions we've because up, nobody asked them. But we have real ones. And we have, and we have
1: arguably the greatest question in all the Bible. Yes. Coming.
0: Well, one of the, yeah, that's today. next week.
1: <laughs> next week. So join <laughs> wow, us. Thanks for next for
0: well, That's week. why nobody said Thanks for yet. it. I know. haven't
2: read it yet. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly.
0: We'll preemptively <laughs> well, answer I mean, it. <laughs> I have read it. You've obviously read through the Bible. It's the multiple Bible. Times, Everyone's right? read through the Bible.
1: <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I'm confused. So, All
1: do right. you want to start? Do you want me to start? Uh, it doesn't matter. Go ahead. You sure? Because yes. I might take your questions. Uh, no, I don't think you will. Okay, okay. Here's a question. Give me the passage. I have two. Um, there, it's not so much a passage. Oh, it's like right. a concept. <laughs> I'm going to need a full doctoral <laughs> statement on each oh, of these. Okay. Um, I got it. In the Psalms, for example, Psalms 80. Okay. Um, the psalmist reminds God of his promises, okay. and we see that a bunch, right? It's not right. like an isolated thing. Right, right. Um, I've heard people say that the purpose of reminding God of his promises is less to remind God and more to remind us okay. of his promises. Would that be what you say, or would you have another um, another take on another that? take on why, <laughs> on why the function is, Because
0: yeah. well, it's not like the
1: psalmist thinks that like God doesn't remember them
0: well, well, we don't know that that's true. we don't know what he thought, but we do know what God reveals through the Word and his own and our the theology that we've developed about God is that God doesn't forget uh that he that he has all things in his hand. Uh, so so when we, we put that, I mean, you said that already. You're answering your own question before we can get to an answer, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, people do that all the time. But but the reason why you say that is because you have already in your head thought, well, the character of God. Sure. God put together pieces. God, yeah, so that's all we can do is say, well, these things are true about God. God is unchanging, mm-hmm. and so that means if he is one way in Scripture, he's always that way. And so you have to – so part of – systematic theology is when you take and say if this is true here then it has to be true then then it has this effect on everything else I believe So they all have to fit together they can't the things we believe about God can't contradict one another mm-hmm. and or else then it doesn't have any logic or reason to it
1: So then would you say that it's a decent practice today would you say it's an appropriate practice today when we are crying out to God should we today? remind him of his promises is like a discipline.
0: Well, I, I think it's not about today. It's about, it's, it's a universal thing. It's mm-hmm. always, I think, I mean, the Psalms are written from man's perspective and simply saying, crying out to God and saying, this is how I see it. It's not God, when God is responding would, would be when it would be interesting to say, When God's like, because we have in the Old Testament, God changes his mind. Mm -hmm. You know, he was going down one direction, Moses intercedes, and then God changes his mind. And that's what the text says. But we know that that's not really what's happening because God doesn't change his mind. But that's the view that we have. That's the viewpoint that we have from that point of revelation, because there is a progressive revelation about God as we move through the Bible. And so we have a greater revelation than the psalmist would have had because we have the whole... We have the whole thing. Um, so I don't know what the psalmist would have thought at this particular point. But the, but when we're talking about God, yes, is it is it a right practice when we are crying out to God to say, uh, reminding him of these things and same, so forth? There, there are two things. One is, yes, it does remind us uh, as we are going through those things of God's character, of this is what I need to know and understand about what's going on and how this all fits together. Uh, it helps me to grow to a better understanding. But two, the other thing to remember is he does say that our prayers are effective. He does say that he gives us the ability to speak things and that those things influence him. So within his divine plan, he has worked within it. Say, For instance, he puts it upon Alex's heart to pray for something. And he's saying he says to us that Alex's prayer moves him to, to take action in this particular way. And uh, and I I have an illustration I always share with people when they uh, – about when my I was young and my granddad had a tractor and he would take me out on the tractor to plow up the garden. And I was four years old and he'd be on it and he would tell me the different devices, the things to move and levers to take and how to steer the steering wheel and everything. And he would let me do that. So I literally am – I am steering the steering wheel. I am moving levers and making things happen to to actually plow the field. But the only reason I'm in that position to mm-hmm. be doing those things is because he he right. has me there. That makes sense. And the only reason he's invited me to be part of it is just because I'm his grandson. Yeah. And that's the relationship we have. And so God doesn't need us to say these things or to be reminded of it, but He does, has set up the world he's in such a way to advise us into that process, process yeah. so we can be a part of it. Cool.
2: Yeah. Come into it.
1: Yeah.
0: Cool. All right. You got something better than that, Alex?
2: <laughs> Most likely. Way better. Obviously. Way better. Way, way better. All right. Um, The scriptures in Acts, and it is... Dun, 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 dun. Let me find oh, it. Oh, man,
1: you do Troy's dun da dun, dun, dun thing. I know, it's a bit been hanging with him
2: too much. Dun,
1: dun,
2: dun, dun, dun. 16, chapter 16, verse 7. Acts 16, verse 7. And... All right, read it for us. All right. It says, and when they had come up to... Mycia, Mizea, uh-huh. They attempted to go into Bithynia, Bithynia, yeah. Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So if you read the verse before that, 6, and they went through the region of something and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. So in one point, they're instructed by the Holy Spirit, and in the next verse... They are directed by the spirit of Jesus. Why is it specifically different?
0: Man, that's Ooh. a great question. Great yeah, question. Yeah, he did. He knocked yours out of the that water, That's much Daniel. better than mine. I'm sorry. Yeah, that is a great question. Thanks for He's being me. born um, for this. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Uh, actually, there's, this, is such, this is like super packed with all kinds of things. And, and this is one of those things where you are looking at it and you're saying, why did Luke write it this way? And we don't really have a great explanation from Luke as to why he wrote it this way, but he does so much whether he was actually thinking about what he was doing or whether he knew it. We're believing that the Holy Spirit superintending this process is making this happen to communicate so much to us that is very important. First of all, is a an instance where he equates Jesus uh, the Spirit of Jesus with the Spirit of God. The two are interchangeable, and he's saying to all the people who read the Gospel or the the Book of Acts, uh, and th- that this is that Jesus has. That His Spirit is the same. I mean, this is, this is a, mo- a triune moment. This is uh, in the same way we have so many instances where the Father and the Son are used interchangeably and and purposefully. You give attributes of the Father to the Son to show that these two are co-equal. This is a big moment in that He's saying same thing with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit and the Spirit of Jesus co-equal. So one is the other. Now, it could be now as to why would Luke say it in this particular verse, if we just take a little bit of license and kind of say, well, what could be going on? what could be going on here is that there was a time either there was a, a an oracle or some type of moment where Jesus, in a dream or through some other means where somebody or somebody had a word from the Lord basically, uh, from Jesus and so they that's why he expressed it and so that's where they would have got this information from was from somebody who specifically would have said this came from Jesus and we know this happens there are Paul's not the only person who has a Jesus moment uh, they're scattered throughout the the book of Acts and so uh, that's um, And so this this was a common thing in this particular time. I'm not going to say it can't happen now, uh, but uh, I would be very careful about saying that it would happen uh, because there's no new revelation. So it couldn't be something that would be something new or revelatory. But at this time... There is a new revelation. There are things being unfolded, uh, and the Spirit of God is moving in such a way. But yeah, that that could it could just simply be that there was something that happened in the way that information was conveyed that people connected it specifically with Jesus, and so he throws that into the text. Now we don't have that, so that's all conjecture. But uh, yeah. they're fun things to talk about.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. But the but the the bigger theological point is is that th- that he is saying. That Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus, and the Spirit of God are the same thing, and that's that would be very. We take those things for granted because you and I always. But this is a, this is a proof text for us. Right. Uh, but they didn't. Uh, they're getting this for the first time sometimes.
2: It's cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good. Very good. Anything else?
1: Was
2: that it? Do we only get two que- or one question? No, you can ask something Anything else. Ask Do you have something else? Do you have another one?
1: I, I'm a little intimidated by your previous question, wow. so I have something, <laughs> but I, I'd
2: rather hear yours with the time that we have. Yeah. My second one's not as exciting, but.
1: Now
0: see, Daniel, Daniel's baiting you. He, he is. wants you to share your question, and he's going to one up it. Now
1: I've got mm, the best so. question in the world, ready to go. <laughs> well,
2: this is just, it's it's more of like a grammatical like question as to why. But Daniel and I were talking about this earlier too. But in what's seven, the text? Seventeen, Acts seventeen, verse four, and then some of them were persuaded to join Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women. But like. Throughout, it says not a few.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like why? <laughs> like, why
1: not just not say not a few?
2: I can just say, and a bunch of people went. Or a, is there something uh, more to that than what I think there is?
0: No. Uh, were you saying some of them were persuaded? See, my text says some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, including a large number of God-fearing Greeks as well as a number of the leading women.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. See, mine says so, not a few of the leading.
0: And women. and that's that's a translation issue. That's just simply looking at the Greek words, and I'm not—I don't have the Greek memorized as far as what that actually says in Greek. But the uh, boy, wouldn't that be impressive though if I did? Yeah, that would um, be impressive. <laughs> I just assumed you did. But uh, but it but in texts like that is it's yeah it would be the they're trying to be true to wh- how the Greek, what the Greek actually means in that. Um, and just to take a moment to explain about translation is you have uh, dynamic translation is when you take. Uh, a phrase and you say well here's what it says in the Greek here's how we would say this in English the whole expression And, and even kinda say this is what this would really mean whereas a literal translation would be where I took the word in Greek and I just simply translated that word into English and you have to still make adjustments for syntax and so forth because our grammars don't match up but but uh, like New American Standard Bible, that's why it's kind of choppy. When What kind of version are you using? ESV. ESV it would be uh, that way, too, uh, where it's a little more choppy because uh, it's saying this is what this means in Greek. And so we're just going to put those words in English. And so th- you have that moment that you just had where it's like, yeah. I'm not really sure why they said it that way. Well, because they're speaking in Greek and All it right. doesn't make as so much sense in English, but. Yeah.
2: That makes sense that that doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all very clear. Yeah. All right. You're killing It's One, one question, then we got to go.
1: Okay. Okay. It's just real quick. Um, Back to the Chronicles. When we have, it's not any particular, again, it's not any particular verse, but we we have all these kings, and you'll get like a paragraph on one. Some you'll have like three sentences, and then you'll have like a chapter and a half mm-hmm. on kings. And they're usually the big chapters, seem to be the ones who are like more God fearing, like mm-hmm. the better kings, you yes. call them. So when I'm reading it, I just kind of got the vibe. This isn't written down, I don't think, anywhere, but I kind of got the vibe that maybe at those points, somebody picked up a pen and said, now this is what's happened since the last journal entry. You know, all these right. th- these kings happened. This one was really bad. We don't really have much on him. This one's really bad. We don't have much on him. He did some good stuff, and this is what this king's doing right now. Right. And, like, the chronicle of that king, that was really good. Or are we to more read it, like, every single king... Somebody was writing stuff down. Well, if you if you if you're looking it at nice. it, it really isn't the chronicles of the kings
0: as much as it is the chronicles of God and what God is doing. And so sure. so the so when God is not when people have run away from God, you don't get a lot of here's all the evil stuff right. they did. Yeah, they're really trying to say here is here's what God did during this period of time. Yeah. And so the more a person was interacting with God, and the more moments you had uh, and this is most likely being written uh, during the um um the, 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 the um shoot the where they're all taken away and and the exile. Exiled, thank you. Uh, and w- during the exilic period, that, now it that sounds more intellectual. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's written during that period of time. So this is this would have been t- you know things that would be affirming in the in the people's faith. Mm-hmm. So here are the examples. I mean, obviously you're writing things that give glory to God and show how amazing He is and His amazing power. And so it, so they're saying. That's why I always say, and this king uh, was faithful in doing these things, saying, and God blessed him. And, and drawing those connections, I, I the thing I always walk away wondering is were there in, ever instances where God said do this and they did it and then something really bad happens you know, <laughs> as a result of that and it was like everyone's going ooh don't write that down <laughs> <laughs> right. but I mean I mean but we don't have that and so uh, and we were talking before I don't have any instances like that either yeah. so uh, but it was just crazy to me because it always it's always that way. It's always they did when they did what God wanted them to do. God blessed them in a rich way, and uh, and when they didn't do what God wanted them to do, those things are also included. Mm-hmm. Uh, it shows that when God punished them, it would yeah. show uh, his his actions. But it's it's more about their the actions of God more than it's the actions of the kings.
2: How come real quick at the end of like I don't have I can't find one right now. Um, but like at the end of some of the excerpts about a specific king, it'll say mm-hmm. almost like for more reading about this king this whatever um yeah
0: because there were there were other readings still exist Mm -hmm. well we don't if they do i haven't seen them uh but um they're definitely not canonical i mean they're not part of the bible and they weren't they never never have been as far as we know um but yeah there were a lot of uh first uh, we were talking about that when we were talking about first and second kings that we talk about and this is included in the chronicles or whatever well those chronicles are not the first and second chronicles that we're looking at because those hadn't been written yet when First and Second Chronicles was written well after First and Second Kings, so if they're refer, whatever they're referring to, we don't have. And so, probably though, First and Second Chronicles did have access to that information and are taking information from that as they're piecing this together. Uh, and uh, again, they're writing it for the purpose of encouraging God's people. Of this is how God has always looked after us, and this is how He has guided us through the kings and so forth. They're telling a story of how from King from Moses to King David, to this is how we got here, and um, and so um, that's it's it's the story of God's salvation for His people, uh, and it, and it was something that was done, you know, prophetically, hoping for uh, a new um, a Messiah to become a, a new king. So. Yeah. Cool. cool. Very good. Yeah. That wasn't bad. Yeah, Thanks, was Alex. For go- come back again. Maybe next week. How about next week? <laughs> Let's do this. Let's Are do you it. sure you'll have we'll, me? We will have we'll, you. We'll, have, we'll have, you. have you next week. So, so anyway, so for you guys listening, be, be sure and come back because we'll, we'll, we'll have Alex on again next so week. We'll be here. Yeah. Awesome.
2: You won't want to miss it.
1: Hey, this is Daniel, and if you would hang with me for just a minute, I have a little bit of new information for you. So we're going to be pausing the Understanding Jesus podcast for about a month as things kind of settle down and we we make things, make sure everything is safe. We're going to take a break from recording new podcasts for you guys. Now, our Sunday morning podcast that comes out on uh, Monday or Tuesday, uh, we will still be posting the sermon audio in this podcast for you guys, so those will not change. But our Thursday release of the Understanding Jesus Reading Through the Bible podcast will be put on pause just for about a month. So in August, we're really excited to start back. We've already got some content that we've recorded that we're so excited to share with you guys. But um, keep reading, keep reading the plans, keep up with it, and we will start again in August. So we, we so appreciate all of our listeners, and we will see you then. Thank you.